Hello and welcome to the Everything with Val podcast, hosted by me, Valerie DePau. We talk about life, current events, and travel. Today's bonus episode, focusing on the Everything with Val book club, focuses on The Ride of a Lifetime by Bob Iger. An intro to the book and about Bob Iger, in 2005, Robert Iger became the CEO of the Walt Disney Company during a difficult time. Morale had deteriorated, competition was more intense, and technology was changing faster than at any time in the company's history. He says he knew there was nothing to be gained from arguing over the past. The only thing that mattered was the future. He believed he had a clear idea of the direction Disney needed to go. It came down to three clear ideas. Create the highest quality content Disney could produce. Embrace and adopt technology instead of fighting it and think bigger, think global, and turn Disney into a stronger brand in international markets. I have almost asked every single person that I've ever met to read this book and listen to it. It is one of my all-time favorites. In the beginning, it's people have a lot of opinions, I think, on Disney, but I think it once you read this book and see where he's coming from, because it's not really a book about Robert Iger. It's a book about his lessons that he's learned from 15 years as a CEO of the Walt Disney Company. It's a book about leadership, it's a book about resilience, and it's also a book about being pragmatic and versatile and being able to make changes when things get difficult. Because I think we've spoken about it before on the podcast as well, is that this ability to shift your mindset and to shift different directions when it's necessary is super fundamental. So I think this book really plums it out. And I've broken it down sort of into three, well, three real parts, which is the biggest learnings, personal impact, and overall rating and critique of the book. I just want to say here, and I will mention this at the end of the show as well, for the month of August, I will be taking a break and recharging and relaxing and coming back to you with the second season of the Everything With Val podcast. So there will be no new episodes during the month of August, but I will be back hopefully from the beginning of September with new episodes, new guests, and a real refresh (laughs) in life as well. So one of the biggest learnings, Robert Iger has done it all, but his career began from small positions and then he grew and fought to work at places like ESPN, ABC, and until he finally reached Disney. So this was one of my first biggest learnings. I think, you know, he really showed that it it didn't happen for him. He wasn't really like, know birth into certain positions I think he definitely had some privilege within certain areas and a lot of luck as well but you could really feel throughout the book that you know he really did what he could to put himself in different opportunities that he worked really hard and that he took the time to become an expert at a lot of different things and I think that's why he became such an appealing leader and and an appealing profile to work for because overall he is not telling you but showing you that in order to become a leader like everything else in life it is earned there's no like quick solutions to this there's no sort of contingency on it so it's really really difficult to just assume that you'll get there after doing one good thing for one day no it's like a multiplication of doing a lot of things over time that will hopefully get you there Also throughout the book, it showcases that in a world when supported and nurtured, you are able to realize your full potential. I just had a a guest on Raven who talks about, you know, being 
in two different environments. You can be in one in which you're tolerated and in another where you are celebrated. And this sort of mentions the same fact because if you are in a world where you are supported and nurtured, you are able to go on and do so much more. Maybe that's potentially in a world where you don't have a lot, you don't have so many things. So I think that's definitely one of them. And to put it into like this different category, category or sort of framework to look at it it's like also what mindset should you be in what sort of outlook should you be having and I think it's optimism I'll read a quote here one of the most important qualities of a good leader is optimism a pragmatic enthusiasm for what can be achieved even in the face of difficult choices and less than ideal outcomes an optimistic leader does not yield to pessimism simply put people are not motivated or energized by pessimists so I think this is definitely something that you can that we can all relate to, right? Maybe we're our own boss. Maybe we have bosses or we have leaders in our communities. I think the biggest ones triumph when they are able to rally people around hope, passion, motivation, everything like that, where you have a true sense of optimism. You, you are realist. I think there's a difference as well, right? You have a realistic approach to the fact that things are difficult, but you don't shy away from the fact that, yes, it's difficult and challenging. It's just something that you need to sort of get through. So that's definitely one of them. I think the next one is that, you know, true authority and true leadership coming from who you are and not pretending to be something else. I think that's a really cool quote, actually. I'll read it one more time. True authority and true leadership come from knowing who you are and not pretending to be anything else. So just living in your truest expectation. And I think... If you look at this learning, a big person who has done this time and time again, I've spoken about him many times in the podcast, is Ben Francis, the current, now CEO and co-founder of Gymshark. For those of you who don't know, Gymshark is a, I think it's, you know, like a luxury fashion, not a luxury fashion brand, but a luxury sort of fitness brand. And he actually, a couple of years ago, he had a a CEO come in and join his team, Steve. And he, you know, because he realized that he wasn't a CEO. He wasn't in the position to lead that position for his company. So they had an internal discussion and mentioned to him, you know, I don't think this is the position that you should be doing. And then when they were in Hong Kong, Steve and Ben sat down and then they discussed around two years later, which is now we're at the two year mark, him becoming CEO of his own company. So I think it's, you know, also knowing who you are and not pretending to be anything else. I think that's very difficult if you're a CEO and like, you know, the overall leader of a company and realizing that you are not the person for that role. I think that can be quite tough. I've had that experience where I see people in sort of areas of leadership and then say, you know, I don't think for what the team needs and where we need to be that you are the person who will get us there. People could argue that that's the same factor for presidents and for the general idea of running a country. I also think that if you look at it from a different experience, you know, it also is someone, while in the face of optimism, has to take risks. And that's exactly what the book talks about next. And it's don't be in the business of playing it safe. Be in the business of creating possibilities for greatness. So trying to keep an eye out of where are my opportunities coming from? What do they look like? And how can I make them not only bigger for the business, but how can I provide that opportunity for everyone else that is working with me in the company? So I think that's something that 
more and more people should count into because we talk about failure, we talk about learnings, we talk about all of these things, but creating a true opportunity for your team is something that's completely different. And I think everyone has sort of different styles. I think that if anyone knows, for example, you have Barstool Sports, who's the current CEO is a woman, but the overall founder of Barstool Sports is Dave Portnoy. And if you've ever seen their YouTube channel with Barstool Sports in the office, it's a very different approach. It's like, I don't know if that would be the leadership that I want, but I think it's also trying to figure out what type of leader do you want to be? So I think it's definitely, you know, how am I creating these opportunities for the people I work with? How am I creating these opportunities of growth for them? Because if I'm only figuring it out on my own or doing anything on my own, is it really something that is, you know, doing it there? Because you have to be managing everything. And I think one of the biggest quotes that I love from the book is that managing your own time and respecting others' time is one of the most vital things to do as a manager. Because I can say from personal experience that if any person doesn't respect my time, I think it is the biggest form of disrespect in a professional setting. Like if you are late to meetings, but I do realize that, you know, a minute or two is, you know, not that big of a coincidence, but not even a coincidence, but of a consequence. But if you look at it overall, if you're skipping, you know, if you're five minutes late and you times that by five, that works out to 25 minutes a week that you are showing up late to things. So I think that as long as it do- doesn't compound dramatically over time, then it's fine. But if it's if it starts to and you feel like that is happening around you, it's definitely your responsibility to bring it up. And then it's the responsibility of that other person to say, like, this isn't working for me. So please make a habit of not not caring about my time. So those are some of my biggest quotes. And I think definitely when you're looking at this, it definitely shows like what type of leader he became. And I think one of the biggest opportunities is obviously the acquisition of Marvel. So Marvel is obviously the the biggest sort of competition for DC Comics. They have, you know, Deadpool, X-Men, The Avengers, Ant-Man, everyone under that umbrella. And obviously acquiring that and then acquiring Pixar with Steve Jobs and all of these sort of different opportunities that takes risk. Sometimes it was really, really risky. Like one of them that failed was the acquisition of Twitter. And I think that was actually quite a good idea because I think it would have been kind of weird for Disney to have owned Twitter. So that one was definitely something. So I think it's such a sort of practical approach to leadership and actually understanding how he got to his journey. And as I said before, obviously it's using him as the sort of subject but the overall importance is focusing on leadership and what does it mean to be a leader and how can I become one of the greatest leaders around me for the people around me as well so definitely that and then personal impact I think it's definitely inspired a lot of things that I maybe have overlooked so if we move past sort of that perspective it's of I think it would be, you know, things that I've overlooked, like, for example, you know, managing your own time and being structured. Like before, I think that I used to look at it as sort of a a nice to have, not a must have. And now I think I couldn't do this without it, like not being in control of my own time or or having that whole overview of what am I doing every day and waking up and sort of taking that approach. So that's definitely been there. But I think one of the biggest personal impacts, so Eric and I were having a braai or a barbecue and... When we were sitting outside last summer and I was listening to the story because I listened to the book and I listened to his friendship with Steve Jobs. Now, everyone can have their own opinion on both of these people, both on Robert Iger or Bob Iger and Steve Jobs, whether you like them or you dislike them. I think everyone can sort of appreciate the bond that they 
created with each other. I mean, their wives were were friends, they were friends. And when he found out, like they had created such a big deal, if I remember it correctly, they had signed the deal with Pixar and that, that was the day he found out that Steve Jobs had cancer. So he was happy, but it was also tarnished sort of by this really devastating news that one of his closest compatriots in business and in his life had cancer. So that was really difficult. And then when you went through the book and then you hear about the unfortunate passing of Steve Jobs, I think, you know, instead of toasting what had been a momentous day in his early days as the CEO when they acquired Pixar, you know, him and his wife cried together over the news. And then when he passed, I mean, throughout the book, all you could feel was this friendship. And I think the reason that it hit me so hard is that we can feel that in our own friendships. It's the feeling that we get from friendships. Like everyone's like, I think when I hear people say, you know, what's the purpose of making new friends? And I think, you know, if I hadn't taken the risk of becoming friends with my current friends, I wouldn't even know what that would be like. I don't even know how happy they've made me. I think that's so like, you know, gratifying is knowing that you've taken these chances on people. Sometimes you get hurt. I'm not going to say that I've never been hurt by friends or anything like that. Not at all. And hopefully like my friends will remain my friends for the rest of my life. But just looking back on what we've experienced together, like you could feel that through that book, they had gone through some things that were so tremendous. They had put so many different experiences in place, you know, throughout this leadership and all of these things like I, I think this was one of the rare instances is that I genuinely cried in a book because you could feel you could feel the heartbreak from the author during that time. You could feel the anguish and sort of the unrelenting pain that they were going through, experiencing not only the fact that he was diagnosed with cancer, but then when he had passed. And I think, you know, he also talks about the momentous occasion of celebrating people's lives and respecting each other and, and being there for each other. And I really hope that that's a true internally. I've always heard, like most people, that, you know, how it is to actually be a Disney employee. Like some people say it's the most incredible experience. It truly is like, you know, the, the team environment and a very supporting one and that it's very, very nurturing. And I really hope that's the case. I, I genuinely really hope that's the case. But I think with someone with so much experiencing now running one of the biggest corporations on earth and something that went to IPO, you can't help but wonder, you know, like the amounts of pressure as well. I think that's something that I reflected on. It's like, how much pressure do you go under? Because I don't even know the true amounts of employees for Disney. But if you look at it over the pandemic, like how many people have been affected? I can only imagine what that does to a person to obviously be in one of those positions and having to to be the, you know, you're responsible for so many people's families, for people's livelihoods, so all of these things. Like it must be tremendously immense I think so you know focusing on the friendship and then obviously the the pressure it's it's definitely one but I think the overall impact personally was just to show you know like if you do certain things you should always do it because when you're a leader it's not really about you I think that's what a lot of people miss within a lot of these scopes is that when you're a leader it's it's almost either nothing about you or like very very little it's about propelling a team to be able to be able to you know accomplish things to be able to achieve numerous things to be able to go on and excel in in KPIs and to go on and to do all all these various different things so i think 
obviously having that in mind you know with the his optimism comments and all of those and then obviously the the bio of the book that i read in the beginning from goodreads so definitely there and i would say for my overall rating and critique i think i gave the book either a four and a half or five stars on goodreads and i definitely still stand by that i would love to re-listen to the book actually because it was such a fun experience and i know that eric really enjoyed it as well and a lot of people who have listened to it have enjoyed it too it's just i think some people also want to know more about what are the struggles with being a leader because he definitely does talk about it it's not just you know all glory if we can even say it in such ways but i think definitely sharing more of those accountabilities and i have that with a lot of other ones as well like a lot of the like cool ceos and startup founders really like to share how they were able to come successful but i think also people want to know the vulnerability of what does it mean to to struggle within those realms like what does it mean to actually be faced with adversity and in depth as well not just mention the adversity but actually talk about the adversity on a much grandiose scale where people can feel both involved with that as well so definitely looking there so today's podcast is a little bit of a shorter one but i just want to say thank you so much to everyone for the support lately it's been absolutely incredible i hope to have some more exciting episodes for you to listen to throughout the month of july if you would like me to talk about anything please don't forget to connect with me i have listed all of the socials where you can connect with me and also feel free to reach out on instagram and support the instagram but as always thank you for listening to the everything with val podcast Please subscribe, rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts. Until next time, stay safe, stay healthy. Bye-bye.